0: Hi friends! Welcome to the Kansas City MomCast, a place to learn, connect, and grow in a relevant and intentional way. We're your hosts, Sarah and Megan. Join us as we interview experts in the field and hear from local moms just like you. This is a podcast for Kansas City Moms by Kansas City Moms. We know that your time is precious, and we're grateful you've chosen to spend some of it with us. Thank you for being a part of the Kansas City Mom Collective community. Hello Kansas City. Um, thanks for being here with us today. Um, we are here with a co-host of Laura Mulcahy who is KCMC sales director and um, we are going to process through the um, shooting in Kansas City at the Chiefs Parade how we're talking to our kids and we're so lucky to be joined by Lindsay Murray um, who has shared a lot on her own social media about anxiety and um, in with kids that you know can kind of express that whether they were at the parade or not um so Lindsay, if you could just kind of introduce yourself to our listeners and just talk about maybe some of your expertise in this area and where kind of you're at today
1: yeah well hi everyone thank you so much for making time to talk with me today i know you guys you provide such a valuable resource for moms and and dads across kansas city so we appreciate you Um, I am a licensed clinical psychotherapist. Um, I specialize in treating anxiety disorders um, across the lifespan, but I tend to do a lot of work with kids, adolescents, teenagers, um, and alongside that with their parents, um, helping everyone to kind of learn the best ways for overcoming anxiety, overcoming avoidance, learning active coping strategies, things that we can do in the moment to help ourselves Feel more in control of our emotions. Um, I often say in my office that you know when I'm first meeting with a kid I'll say well you know some of the kids that come in to see me my job is to help them be able to do things that they feel like they can't do or stop doing things that they feel like they can't stop doing. So really the ultimate goal is, is learning to regulate, learning to understand how anxiety works um, because if we understand what's going on our, in our brains that can be kind of like our superpower it helps us to then navigate and know what to do differently so when we understand the mechanism of it we're actually kind of provided with a recipe for how we can overcome the barriers and challenges so i've um been in private practice for about five years worked at an anxiety clinic um previous to that so um, it's been i guess about 15 years now that i've been doing this so i've um you know, seen it all and unfortunately have had to have this conversation um, with, with parents previously. So thanks for having me. And
0: Lindsay, can you talk about, I know we talked before we started recording that you have three children, but two of them were at the parade with your husband. Yeah.
1: So I have a seven and a half year old, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So we're in the thick of it at home. (laughs) Um, my husband took our two boys, our seven and a half and five-year-old to the parade. Um, They were uh, watching as spectators for the the parade portion um, and left prior to the rally. So they came home and we were all sitting in front of the TV watching it all kind of happen in real time. Um, And that was a hard moment because we weren't sure what was going on, what to do. We obviously felt frightened by what we were seeing, but our kids were right there too. So we had to kind of navigate that moment of, okay, dude, I I don't know what's happening, so I can't explain it to you. So we kind of paused it and they went and did something else. And then we were, you know, glued for the rest of the day um, and ended up having some conversations with them later on once we were able to semi wrap our heads around it.
0: Right. Um, and so just for context, I was there for the parade portion as well and watched mm-hmm. it unfold on TV um, yeah. with my nine- and eight-year-old and then a friend and her children. Um, and then Laura has a little bit different experience. If you just want to kind of give some context so people just know where we're starting the conversation from. Sure.
2: Um, so I tried to create like a memorable <laughs> Uh, event out of it for us. I was so excited. I booked a hotel. Um, We stayed in downtown Kansas City the night before and went to Union Station and Crown Center and did kind of a fun family thing. We woke up in the morning and um, we had um, some friends that have a business on 20th and Grand. And so we were fortunate to have kind of like a landing spot. Um, So we stayed there for most of the day, came out onto the sidewalk, got to see the parade go by us, went back inside, watched the pep rally, and then decided as the crowds kind of started to die down on the sidewalks that we would start making our way back to the hotel. As we were walking back to the hotel was when just so many police starts zooming down the street. And it was like one after another. My husband started counting, and then the other streets – were flooded with police. And then the helicopters came above us and then ambulance started coming in. And I kind of looked at my husband and I said, something's very wrong. And so I tried to get on social media, but my phone wasn't working. Um, So we just decided, all right, let's just keep walking and let's get to the hotel, a safe spot. Um, At that point, when we approached the hotel was when my son Who's 14 and has a phone? Um, he got a text that there was an active shooter. So we went into the building to make sure that we were in a safe spot. Um, and the hotel had all the televisions on. Um, so my children saw everything unfold right before their eyes. And it was my seven-year-old looked at me and just started crying and was like, Are we in danger? Um, which thankfully there was a person from the hotel there that assured us that our hotel was secure, that they had secured the premises. We were on a brief lockdown, um, that the the police were surrounding us and we were fine. Um, but we were further enough away. I keep telling them that we were never in harm's way. Like we were close to it, but we were never where the action was.
0: Um, sorry. I'm like feeling all well done listening to you talk. Um, So Lindsay, that's my first question for you as moms who were there first, um, we're still processing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it hasn't even barely been 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Um, we're still processing this and deciding if we feel safe and have anger and all these emotions. Um, but our kids really need us right now too, I feel like. So there's this pull of, I don't feel safe and I have a lot to work out but I, I need to talk to you. How do we hold both those things and make sure we're okay while our kids are okay at the same time?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that is, you know, kind of the the biggest challenge of being a parent, even when we're not faced with something so, so heart-wrenching, right? Um, I think the number, the first thing I want people to understand is that, you know, anything that we're feeling right now is normal. Our body and brain's reaction to a traumatic event, you know, that's going to look different for everyone, but especially this. In, in such close proximity to the event itself you know every single thing that you're feeling and experiencing is absolutely normal and expected following an event. Um, I think we get freaked out when we don't feel like ourselves and we feel you know I, I should be able to be doing things that I normally do uh, we're carrying a lot into normal everyday tasks like the world still woke up today and we still had to get our kids to school. And we still had to go to work and we still had to go grocery shopping and not a single moment of that felt normal. And that, unfortunately, is is our normal right now. So I think the first recommendation that I have is that we all have to give ourselves some grace to be in this in, in the difficult feelings right now and to not condemn ourselves or to worry that there's something wrong with us. If we are if we don't feel like we're coping well right now, um, like you said, you know, we're 24, not even 24 hours removed fully from this, and we, we there's still information that we don't have and that we don't know. So I think at this stage, we have to be graceful with ourselves and, and the expectations that we put on ourselves as as moms right now. So what that might look like, you know, is deciding what's important today. And what's important today might be different than what's important on, you know, most days of the week, but today we ha- can make decisions based on our own capacities. And I know for myself, you know, I'm I'm at my office today working with, with the, the patients that I'm seeing and I'm carrying my own stress and anxiety about this event with me. As focused as I am, and how uh, as much effort as I'm putting into having these, you know, sessions and conversations, on the back of my mind, I'm still, I'm still processing. I'm still thinking about things. I'm still having, you know, recollections of the day and, and new thoughts about it um, as I'm, I'm doing an activity. So my capacity for doing the things that I normally do might be lower, more limited than it normally is. And I think we have to meet ourselves where we are and that might mean for the time being that we let some things slide because we don't have as much mental resource right now as we normally do some of that is occupied ongoing right now with our experience of this event and so that might look different for everyone um but it might mean making different choices like are there some things that we need to let go of right now because what is important to us is being there for our kids Um, And and in, you know, the near future, you know, hopefully we all move through this and we are able to get back to our normal selves and our normal functioning and our our everyday capabilities. But in this time, we need to be able to give ourselves grace to, to modify that.
0: So you're saying we can order pizza for
1: dinner tonight. I'm, I'm <laughs> saying, I, was I was hope you I do. Yes. <laughs> and and you know what, if you leave the dishes for, you know, Saturday, that's great too. Right. Um, we, I think as moms, you know, we just, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do everything the just right way. And there just isn't a right way to get through this right now. And what feels right in this moment might be different than what feels right tomorrow. And I think we have to listen to ourselves um, and know what our threshold is, what our capacity is, and and give ourselves grace through that, which I've said that word a bunch of times, but I say that a lot in my sessions. I think part of what fuels anxiety and what fuels really any emotion is oftentimes how we feel about ourselves for having it. And if we're feeling anxious and then well, I'm I'm a bad person that I'm feeling this way or I, I should be able to do things um, that I can't do, you know, that just makes it harder on ourselves. Ooh. Um, it makes it worse. So being able to, you know, decide what's important and and be okay that that might be different than normal, that's a big part of it. Yeah, for sure. Taking uh, care of ourselves, you know, you see the like, put our masks on before our kids when we're on the airplane, same goes for this. Like, our we we have to know what works for ourselves in terms of self-care, and that, you know, I think is a, like a, like a Pinterest word, self-care, it might not be like, you know, a bubble bath would be great, but that's maybe not going to solve our problems. But knowing, you know, are there some coping strategies, mindfulness, are there exercises I can do that can help center me, that can help reduce my physical experience of stress so that I can free up some of that mental space for problem solving, for thinking, for being able to have difficult conversations.
0: Um, so kind of on the difficult conversations, um, Laura and I kind of talked through some of the questions our kids are having. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought we kind of ping pong back and forth, but one of mine was my eight-year-old could, rec- it's interesting her response, um, but she could recite like all the facts, like she was very into the like black and white of like. Yeah. Well, there were eleven children at Children's Mercy, and nine of them had gunshot wounds. And then her question was, "What does a gunshot wound look like?" Um, so
1: interesting what they bring to us, isn't it? Yeah.
0: And I didn't. It's so interesting how much they are taking in that I think we don't give them credit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They know more what's going on than we would probably prefer. Right. Um, so when there's specific questions about the facts, like What does a gunshot wound look like? Are the kids, I mean, luckily I could answer, are the kids going to be okay of yes, Mm -hmm. all the kids are expected to be just fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But how do we answer some of those, like just concrete factual questions in a way that's authentic and honest, Mm -hmm. but not like, well, this is what a gunshot wound could actually
1: look like. Yeah, well, let me Google image search that for you. you. Yeah, no, I, I think what works best and what feels most comfortable for parents and kids is to kind of lean on things that they are familiar with. So, you know, well, remember when you fell off your bike and you, you know, your skin was bleeding, right? Um, Well, that wasn't a gunshot wound and and gunshot wounds can, you know, be more severe than that. But remember what your legs looked like and then it healed, right? So kind of helping them to kind of have context based on things that they do know that don't feel scary can be a way of helping them to understand something that they don't know that actually is scary, but in a, in a, in a kind of safer, more um, shielded sort of way. Um, I also think it's, you know, it is a strength to be able to say, I don't know. And I would much prefer a parent to say, actually, I'm not sure. Than to skirt around the truth or to tell their kids something that they're going to find out is false later on. Mm -hmm. Um, So if there's something that you don't know that they are are pressing you on and you feel it's something that would help them to know that information, then you can say, you know what, I don't know. I mean, there are things right now that we don't know. We don't have specifics for why yet, unless something's come out that I've missed in my workday. So, you know, the idea of Saying, you know, I don't know. I wish I did. Um, you know what? As soon as we figure that part out, and we'll talk about that. I'll make sure that you have the information that you need to know. Um, that's also a way to kind of shut down a conversation if it's something that is something they're asking that you feel is kind of beyond age appropriate or beyond their developmental stage, being able to say, you know what, that's that's something. You know, I, I want to talk to you about this and I want to have these conversations, but that might be something for us to talk about at a later time. Um, m- let me let me make sure you know this. I'm going to give you all of the facts that you need to know. And if there's anything more that comes out that I, I think would be helpful to you, then I'm going to share that with you. That's
0: helpful. Laura, do you want to talk about?
1: Yeah. Um- I mean, like-
0: boys had big questions.
2: They did. So my boys are a little like older. So they're Mm -hmm. um, 12 and 14. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think the older one, um, had said to me, he had expressed some concern about us going originally, um, had said he didn't want to go. And we didn't talk. Actually, we didn't talk him into it. We gave him some different options and plan B's. Um, and then he chose at the last minute he wanted to go. He didn't want to miss out. So on the way home, he said, this was exactly why I didn't want to go. I um, have been scared of something like this happening. And then it was like a nightmare coming true. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: Um. And honestly, like, I think for me, like I, like you said, I'm still processing, like, we were in the car. So like, I hadn't even like read the news of what was actually happening. You know, I hadn't really digested it all. So I didn't even know what to say to that. Like, and it, uh, the the feel the guilt of like, this is why he didn't want to go. And we, and we were doing this and there was just so many emotions attached to it. And I just (laughs) don't even know how to have a conversation with him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, that's just hard. Right, and I think as they get older, twelve and fourteen, you know, their their processing is different, and the thoughts that they have are more complicated. The emotions that they have are more complicated. So, you know, that was kind of that's a loaded question, right? That he asked you is, you know, not only did he um, share with you that he, this is something he worries about, mm-hmm. right? Which I think is great that he opened up about that, um, because if this is something that's been on his mind, right, then this is something that he You know might need to talk out whether this had happened or not right that that's where his focus is um the guilt side of things you know we make the best decisions we can with the information that we have and none of us would have predicted i think we all have whip flash from how extreme our emotions went from in in one second's time right absolutely and you know, while we all are aware that this type of thing can happen and does happen, um, I think we all hope that it won't, and we don't we don't imagine that will be a part of an event like this. So, I think this is one of those situations too for us to be able to say, you know what, I I worry about that kind of thing too, and your safety is very literally the most important thing to me. <laughs> And I hate that we were in a situation like that. And if I could, you know, do anything to change that, I, I would. I can't. But I need you to know that I will always do everything that I can to keep you safe. And the way I'm keeping you safe right now is by helping you to process this and helping you to talk through this. Because it's so important that we get what's in our heads out when we keep this stuff in our in our minds without voicing it, it takes on a life of its own. And we can't as easily sort through what is important and valid and what is our brain, you know, turning something into an extreme or taking us down a path of what if. So the way that you're protecting him and keeping him safe now is making an open space for dialogue where he can feel safe coming to you to pick apart the things that he's feeling and experiencing.
0: So Lindsay, kind of piggybacking on that, um, for, you know, Laura son, I've heard this from other moms, um, you know, I think there's that question of like, would I go to the parade again, Mm -hmm. or will I go to union station or Mm -hmm. any sort of large public event and all bottom line, I mean, you alluded to this. We can't tell our kids like this won't happen again because that's not the world we live in unfortunately. So like, what do we, we do tell them? Yeah. Like, I can't keep, I can't keep you physically safe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so how do we teach them to not
1: stay in their basement? And mm-hmm. keep Yeah. Which, yeah, that's a, a segment of my caseload is yes, I'm sure. working on getting out of the basement. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I read that question that you had sent earlier and I, the first thing that came to mind was our experience with COVID and yeah. how, you know, when we initially were able to come out of our homes, it felt really, really weird mm-hmm. to do that. It felt super weird to go to the grocery store without a mask. Yeah, it did. It felt bizarre that someone would invite you to a party, right? <laughs> and, you know, that's normalized for us over time. And we have felt comfortable doing those things again, despite. You know really the trauma that we all lived through during you know the shutdown as well so i think that that is something that you know having had that collective trauma and now this one we can kind of lean on in in being able to see that things do feel better over time and it may take longer for some to feel comfortable in those settings and it, it may affect people's choices especially in the immediate future um what we do know about you know, how trauma works. And I mentioned earlier that everything we're feeling right now is, is normal and expected. Um There does get to be at a point where we would expect our brains to recover a bit from this experience. If we get to a point where, you know, we are isolating and avoiding, then that can really strengthen the fear and the experience of trauma. So one part of our, of our therapy for post-traumatic stress disorder, which we would not diagnose for any human in Kansas City at this point in time. That would come weeks and months later if we're still experiencing the after effects that we're all kind of going through today. Um, But one of the key components is helping us to develop a, a more healthy and sustainable relationship with our recollections and our memories of an event. So in therapy, what we what we do is we work to accept that an event happened, but recognize we no longer need to feel the same level of fear about that experience as we did when we were in the moment. So what sometimes that involves is, is going back to places where we did feel afraid or allowing ourselves to be in places where a memory might exist. So over time, we want to be able to emerge from that feeling of needing to avoid and be able to go to those types of places. So I'm answering that question kind of in in the vein of of an anxiety disorder and the therapy that we would, you know, um, the therapeutic approach that we would take to help someone overcome that. I think we are probably all going to be questioning for a while, whether we think that going to an event like that is safe. I think the other piece is that that hasn't changed for us right that is the same as you know our safety in those events is the same as it was before this happened and the possibilities are the same and so i think we need to decide you know what is most important to us and you know if being able to go to a sporting event brings us joy and we want to do that then then doing what feels good to us and what's important is what should be our guide not our fear now we might need to take precautions and and think through things. And I think, again, let's give ourselves time to get there because we're not gonna be there today or tomorrow or this weekend, most likely. Um, we've gotta allow that process to happen, but being able to kind of lean on our values instead of our fear is, is what I would want people to use as their guide.
2: With my younger son, Mm he I think this kind of plays into what you were just saying is he's been saying asking me questions he's 12 and so he's I think trying to figure out is he safe he's been asking things like is Kansas City a safe place to live um are we safe um and then I told him that I was yes, we are safe. Obviously I've been ensuring them that. And then I told him, you know, I'm talking with you today and I'm trying to get resources to help you guys to process all this. And he, and I said, if I could ask any her anything, what would you want me to ask? And he said, I'm feeling scared. What do I do now?
1: Gosh, you've got some very emotionally intelligent kids (laughs) over there. Thanks, I guess, but
2: I'm feeling exhausted from it. Yeah, I, be, I, I don't feel very emotionally yeah, intelligent yeah. right now. So yeah. it's like between each of them, they all need different things right. from me. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know how to be for each of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think that helping and, and a lot of our schools are doing this is is helping kids to learn actually coping strategies that they can do to reduce the experience of anxiety. And I think I would normalize, like, yeah, I, I'm feeling kind of scared too, um, and that fear is is normal. You know, if we can recognize that that's a part of our experience, but it doesn't have to define us, that's important. Um, but if they actually can practice breathing strategies, muscle relaxation muscle relaxation strategies, present moment awareness, mindfulness strategies, that's not going to change the fact that we're facing this situation, but it can help us be stronger in the face of it so that we can be able to think through, we can be able to give ourselves reassurance, we can be able to do the things that we need to be able to do. Um, when our anxiety is at an, you know, zero to 10, if we're at a 10, like there, there is not a way for us to be functional at that point. It's not possible. So there's nothing I can even do from a therapeutic stance to like magic wand that away. And sometimes even our our very basic coping strategies don't work when our anxiety is that elevated, we just have to get through it. So what I would want people to kind of start is know yourself, recognize, check in with yourself. Where am I right now? We all as humans have a tendency to just push forward, push forward, push forward, just keep going, just keep going, move forward, move forward. And sometimes what that ends up doing is actually building stress right? To the point where then we can't just keep going. We, we can't. So noticing and kind of checking in with ourselves about how I'm feeling right now, using some strategies to kind of reduce that physical experience. We might even need to just build that in on purpose intentionally right now. Okay. Every day at, you know, 10 AM and 2 PM, I take five minutes and I breathe and I use a coping strategy because I'm needing to manage my baseline right now more intentionally than I have had to previously. And recognizing that pushing through is not the same as coping through. And I talk a lot about that in my sessions um, with folks that are working to overcome fears because they're like, I did it, I went to the place that I, I felt afraid or I had the conversation or I did this thing, but I'm gritting my teeth and getting through it. Our mental memory of that is that it was hard, not that we were successful. So then our urge to avoid is greater the next time and we still feel that fear and we feel like we're doing it all wrong because look, they told me to go, I did it, but I'm still feeling so bad. The idea of coping through is much different. That is taking coping strategies with you into situations to help you to be in charge of your emotions, help you to have that active thought process that we need to be able to be decision makers, that we need to be able to think in situations. So when we feel scared, that doesn't mean we're not capable. We can feel scared and manage that fear so that we can still be successful in situations. And going back to something I said earlier, you know, our relationship to our emotions has a big impact on how much, how many problems those emotions cause. So if we feel afraid, and then that feeling is something we're afraid of, right? There's that pile on being able to say, yeah, I might feel afraid right now, and I know how to handle that, and I have a plan for how I can manage that, right? Then we might still feel scared, but we also feel capable. And that is empowering, and that's what, I mean, talk about what we all want right now right is any bit of control we can find any bit of certainty that we can find right now we might just find that in our own abilities to get through a difficult situation and knowing that we have strategies we can lean on to help us when we're feeling scared i can't say anything to him to make him not feel scared and no. you can't say anything to him to make him not feel scared there's not there's not a magic wand you know statement for that But what you can help him to do is learn how to be able to stand up to that feeling and know what to do with it.
2: Yeah. I also tried to kind of point out, I know this is like an old, like Mr. Rogers thing, but I tried to point out some of the positives.
1: Mm -hmm. Like there was
2: 850 police down there trying to avoid this kind of thing, but they Mm -hmm. acted quickly. And I read like a fact how everyone was like, treated with an in an ambulance within 10 minutes or something yeah, absolutely and I said I showed him how there were nurses that drove in from children's Mercy yeah. to be there and I I like we have a baseball coach dad that is on the SWAT team and I, we saw him on television I said look Mr you know yeah. so-and so is is yeah. there protecting you you know things like that I tried to yeah. show them to show that like yes scary things happen but there's also still good and I don't know if that's like that's amazing Easy or whatnot, yeah. but I, I, I felt better to be able to talk oh, about totally. something like that. And all like of that.
1: that is true. This is another one of those situations where like two things are true. Something terrible happened and our community came together to help people get through it and are still coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this circles around um, a concept that I talk a lot about in my office, and it's related to certainty. You know, when we we all want to know, we want to have information, we wanna have proof, we wanna have certainty, but there's just, there are things that we can't know or that we can't know yet. And so my, I work with people to kind of understand that there might be things that we can't know and that feels really uncomfortable, but there are a lot of things that we do know that might help you to better handle the discomfort of the uncertainty, right? So I can't know what's going to happen, but I do know that I have family around me that supports me. I do know that um, I've been in situations that were difficult before and it got better. I do know that there are people around that are experts at helping, right? So kind of finding the things that we can be certain about that can help us to feel like we can handle the uncertainty more effectively, that help us to feel like we we can accept the uncertainty and not be overcome by it. So,
0: Lindsay, thinking about just the coming <laughs> I have this I'm like, um, thinking about the coming um days and weeks as kids and adults process and we get more information. Um, how do you like we're struggling, I think, even as a business. like how long do you hold space mm-hmm. that kind mm-hmm. of be central to your conversations? And then is there a point when you say, we're going to talk about this lesson, we're going to kind of move on. And then yeah. wrap up in that as a second part, like, how can you tell this needs more help? Like, right. Yeah. Help or my child needs more help than is what happened in our house.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you follow your, your family's lead on the, on the timing of it. Right. Because some kids, you know, my, my seven and a half year old is not the most not as maybe emotionally as emotionally intelligent as Laura's kids are. Um, the, he's he's not as overtly emotional, but he's kind of a a, a a slower processor of these kinds of things. So I imagine, you know, we had the conversation. He didn't have many questions um, when we talked about it all yesterday, but I imagine that we're going to be talking about it over the weekend as he starts kind of connecting these dots and thinking through things um my middle child you know said to me this morning on dropping to school uh, off at school i hope no one talks about the parade today you know and so uh, we want to listen and kind of follow their cues on is this something they want to talk about right now or is it not we don't need to be planting anxiety like are you afraid are you okay do you want to talk about this right follow their lead um if you are feeling like you're not sure if you should be talking or not, um, I think a, a good approach is, you know, let's have a family meeting. Let's have a dinner time check-in with everyone. Um, make it something that's casual. I some kids don't have, even twelve and fourteen year olds don't have the, you know, vocabulary to ex- express what they're feeling. Um, they might not know how to describe, you know, something that's going on in their mind. So you can help them to provide words for that. Tell me something that made you feel worried today. Tell me something that made you feel nervous today. Tell me something that made you feel happy today. Tell me something, you know, that bothered you today or annoyed you. We can kind of have these conversations that allow space for emotion when it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily need to be pointed at this event. So we're not kind of continuing to 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 harp on it or focus on it when it doesn't feel right, but continuing to make space for the conversation about experience and feelings. Um, what we look for in terms of, you know, when to get more help. I mean, right now we're gonna expect that some kids might have difficulty with their routines. They might have some trouble sleeping. Um, We might as adults also be experiencing that difficulty. Um, Over the next few weeks, we would expect that for most people that is going to get easier and we will no longer see those interferences. If we get to, you know, three or four weeks out five and six weeks out and we're still experiencing those same daily interferences, then that's when we'll definitely want to have a look at that um, and kind of probably see that, you know, right now we're all experiencing anxiety about this, but the way we kind of talk about anxiety is that it likes to latch on to things and it likes to, to kind of make things stuck. And so if we're seeing that, you know, in five or six weeks that we're still kind of in that same processing place, we're still having anxiety about that in this, to the same level, maybe even more, then that tells us that anxiety might have latched onto that situation. And then we're probably not going to recover mentally, just naturally through that. And we would need to, you know, come in, talk with me, talk with your therapist, learn some strategies for, you know, helping you to get unstuck um, from that anxiety in whatever specific way your anxiety might have latched on.
0: Makes sense. Um, Laura, any final questions or Lindsay, anything you feel like we missed that moms need to know?
1: As we no, go through. I mean, I, I I, think we need to be having these conversations right now. And I, I think the main thing that, um, you know, I was kind of trying to do when I was, you know, posting wording is just kind of helping us to navigate, you know, what to say and and how to say it. And um, this is also a time where we can kind of lean on our communities and our support villages. And, you know, if you are wondering if you're saying the wrong thing, you know, you might have a group of people that you can bounce those ideas back and forth with and and, and not feel alone. Um, And I I did put a questions um, thing up on my Instagram story today because if there are any specific questions that, I can help people understand from this anxiety lens, um, then I wanna be able to to help um, and and provide resources too. So I think right now let's have the conversations, let's process it, let's go there. um, And then we will get to feeling better. We need to give ourselves the time to, to get there though. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for all you're doing for the community i mean it's a lot to process it yourself and then to be providing resources so
1: well leave. you know altruism as a method of self-care sometimes right. right right helping others and you know that's i guess is one other thing that i think especially for kind of the teenagers too you know if there's a way for us to 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 do something with these feelings and to kind of get involved in some way or to to do something that you know provides help to others i think that 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 is that can be a part of coping and that can be a way that we kind of see some of those more positive effects of a tragedy like this and so that's something to kind of think about you know the idea of altruism as Mm self-care i'm feeling anxious can i do something to be helpful because you know i was i was texting one of my my cousins earlier today and i'm like i think that helping makes me feel more in control in some way is that weird because you know, it does, you know, it makes me feel like I'm doing something and, and at least I'm doing something, right? I'm not just sitting there in my feelings and and not knowing what to do with them. So maybe there are ways that we can come together even further as a community or in your families and, and do something with this anxiety that can help us to feel like there is a path
0: forward. I was talking to someone earlier today and they suggested like writing notes to- yeah. The kids at Children's Mercy, like who Mm -hmm. those notes might not actually end up with the kids, but are just thanking people with thank you notes or, you know, I'm sure that and we will be sharing this on our, you know, channels as well that there'll be opportunities, you know, there's already some vigils being Mm shared, and I'm sure there'll be opportunities for people to, you know, do some community building and yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much
1: for having me. I hope this was helpful and um, I'll keep following along with the things that you were recommending and the resources that you're providing. And thanks so much to both of you for all of that.
0: Yeah. And we will share links back to your, you know, accounts and so that people can follow you and follow up with, you know, questions if they have them. So thank you, Lindsay.
1: All right. Thank you guys.
0: Thank you again for spending part of your day with us. We would love for you to share this podcast with other Kansas City moms, as well as rate and review, as this helps others find us. We would also love to hear from you, whether it's to share what you loved about today's episode, an idea for a future topic, or just to tell us how you're doing. We are here for you. You can email us anytime at kcncpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time on another episode of Kansas City MomCast.